Hello, and welcome to a special episode of Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. I'm Chris. I'm Caleb. And today we will be talking about two different titles. First, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, The Game, developed by Ubisoft Montreal and Ubisoft Chengdu. I don't know. It's French. I've never had to pronounce it before. Chengdu? Yeah, I like... In a weird, weird, you know, Asian accent, as you say, it's was, French. Well, that was not intended. Maybe it's Chengdu. I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> and published by Ubisoft... We'll also be talking about Subnautica Below Zero, developed and published by Unknown Worlds Entertainment. And Caleb, you are the one who played Scott Pilgrim, so I'll let you have it. I hadn't heard anything about it. Um, I'll let you take it away, talk about it. I'll probably ask you some questions. Fair enough. And then we'll switch because I played Subnautica Below Zero. Which I have not. <laughs> and we'll talk about that for a bit. So... Hey guys, just want to give you a heads up. From here on out, there's a ton of spoilers. Listen at your discretion. Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the game. So uh, for those of you who don't realize, uh, Scott Pilgrim actually is also a movie and a comic book. The comic book, of course, came out first and then it, they developed into a movie that released uh, 11 years ago um, back in 2010. And I, I saw the movie before anything and i loved it i thought it was it was a hilarious movie because it kind of mixes this this weird like indie garage band vibe <laughs> with video games and everything but to understand the game you gotta kind of understand what the premise is mm -hmm. right and so the whole premise it, it takes place in uh, toronto canada and it revolves around a 22 year old scott pilgrim and his indie garage band, Sex Bomb Bomb. <laughs> Sex Bomb Bomb. And at, at the time that the movie starts, he is dating a girl named Knives Chow. Chow? Chow. Chow. And his friends, who are also, and his roommate, who are, you know, kind of in this indie garage band, do not approve of this relationship in the slightest. Well, Scott then has a dream of this, like, fantasy girl. And the very next day, an Amazon delivery happens, and it's this girl. Her name's Ramona Flowers. Mm -hmm. And he completely loses interest in knives. Mm -hmm. So he... But he doesn't, like, break up with her yet. He just kind of starts trying to pursue Ramona. And when his band plays at this Battle of the Band, which is sponsored by this record executive named Gideon Graves, Scott then gets attacked by this guy named Matthew Patel. And what I like, I remember this one really, really intensely because like. Matthew Patel is a goth, 100% goth, like every cliche goth thing that you can think of. That is Matthew Patel. <laughs> and so Scott defeats him in hand-to-hand -hand combat, and then he bursts into a bunch of coins. <laughs> and it's only like a buck fifty. But he's like, ooh, a buck fifty. And he like picks it up. And that's when he learns in order to date Ramona, he first has to defeat her seven evil exes. Yeah. Which with the defeat of Matthew, there's only six remaining. And so then through the rest of the movie, through these like random turn of events, he ends up fighting her, her other six evil exes, which like the next one after that is a Hollywood actor and skateboarder, Lucas Lee, mm -hmm. then followed by a super powered vegan bassist named Todd Ingram, and then a lesbian ninja named Roxy Richter, and then uh, during that, during the vegan encounter, he also has to confront his own ex, mm. which is pop star Envy Adams. And, um, but like through this, he's getting more and more frustrated because like who the fuck has to fight seven people <laughs> in order to date a girl. Right. And so then the next one is actually at the next battle of the bands where he defeats her fifth and sixth mm -hmm. evil ex, right? Which are twins, and they're like techno artists. Mm -hmm. But it's Kyle and Ken. 
I have no idea how to say their last name. It is Japanese. Uh, I'm not trying to be offensive. I just have no idea how to pronounce this name. And um, at that time, he like earns an extra life because every time he defeats these guys, they burst into a shower of coins. Yeah. And I like I loved it. I thought it was great. Right. The movie was fantastic. We've yeah. got a lot of people in it that you would know. It's got Michael Sarah, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, Brie Larson, Chris Evans, um, uh, Brandon uh, Brandon Routh. Like, there's a ton of people in this movie. Uh, let's see. Corey Culkin's in it. Yep. That's Wallace Wells, yeah. which is his roommate. Yeah. Um, Anna Kendrick. Oh, that's, that's right. That, his sister. That's right. She's the, she's the sister. Yeah. She's so, great. I mean, for having a no part. Well, and at this point in time, Anna K- Kendrick was not a household name. No, she really wasn't at that point. Um. Well, actually, a lot of these people weren't really household names. Like, you would have known Chris Evans from one of those teen parody movies because he comes out with the whipped cream and the cherries on him. Yeah. Brandon Routh, you would know from Super... He played Superman. Yep. Um, Ooh, that, that guy is the vegan. Yeah. The vegan Todd Ingram, which is hilarious. They play the roles, like, so perfect. It is a great movie. Gideon Graves. Gideon. Jason... Uh, Schwartzman. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's rush. He's in Rushmore. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's in cool. a bunch of stuff yeah, too. He's good. So like, it it had a lot of good people in mm-hmm. it. But this is not a movie podcast. This is a game podcast. Yeah, we'll wait for our next <laughs> our next movie. Uh, what? Uh, movie on the movie. The movie, <laughs> movie on presented by No Tokens for Crime. No. <laughs> um, but like, ultimately, like, so he defeats that and. At the very end, like despite him having defeated six of her evil exes, mm-hmm. Ramona, uh, Ramona appears back with her seventh, which is Gideon Graves, right? Mm-hmm. And he's basically like, I'm not a bad guy. I just like I, I she broke up with me. I got really upset. Mm-hmm. I started getting in contact with her like other exes. Then I created the League of Evil Exes. <laughs> And like, but you know what? To to show you how great I am, your band's awesome. Here's this record deal, which his band immediately fucking accepts, mm-hmm. except for Scott. Scott's like, well, fuck this. No, I'm out. And he quits, which Gideon then invites Scott to the venue in which Sex Bob-omb mm-hmm. is playing. Scott goes resolving to like win Ramona back. So he challenges Gideon to fight for her love, her her affection, like everything. It's so weird because in this he earns the power of love, which like he pulls a sword from his chest that's glowing. So in this, Knives, Chow, who like revenge to get Scott back, right? Vowed, like I'm I'm going to win him back. She interrupts the battle, attacking Ramona. Which then causes Scott to basically be forced to reveal that he cheated on both of them. At which time Gideon kills Scott. And Ramona then visits him in limbo. Like this is, it's a fucking weird game. Or comic book. Or movie. I mean, (laughs) like, which one? And that's where she reveals that Gideon has basically like implanted her with a mind control device. So she's actually not like back with Gideon. And so Scott decides to use his one up, re-enters the theater, the Chaos Theater, I think is what it's called, makes up with his friends, challenges Gideon again, but this time he gains the power of self-respect, which again pulls a sword out from his chest. I wish in all honesty I had this ability. <laughs> like uh after apologizing to Ramona and Knives for cheating on them and accepting his own faults, Scott and Knives join forces to defeat Gideon. And then free from his control, Ramona like prepares to leave. Knives accepts that her relationship with Scott is over and at her encouragement, he leaves with Ramona to try again. And that's like literally the movie is really good at going through like the comic book. Mm -hmm. The game is just that like you're it's done in the art style of the comic book, which I really love. 
but it also looks kind of like a 16 bit video game which I also kind of love. <laughs> um, and it, it's exactly that. It's seven levels long, and they're long levels. Yeah. But, like, as you go through them, each level is one of these evil X's. It's one to four players. It's a couch. It was originally done as a couch co-op um, for the PS3 and Xbox 360. They have... The reason why we're talking about it is because at the time, they released it in episodes. So one level would release every so often. I can't remember how what the what the length was. I don't remember if it was a couple of weeks or a month or whatever, but they they were releasing them in episodes. Mm-hmm. So I originally only played like the first two episodes, which are the first two levels of the game where you fight Matthew Patel and uh fucking Lucas. Lucas Lee, right? That's mm-hmm. it. But they recent, recently went, hey, here's Scott Pilgrim, the game, the complete game. And I went, yes. <laughs> and they actually added a couple of extra characters. So as I said, it's one to four co-op, right? Yeah. And you could play as Scott's Knives, Ramona, or his roommates, which are, are his roommate, which is Wallace Wells, or the other two members of his band, which I can't remember their names off the top of my head, of course. Um, but like those those are your playable characters. And you just you it's a side scrolling, old fashioned, arcade style game in which you're fighting like hordes of enemies, and as the enemies you defeat them, they pop up into coins, you collect the coins and you keep moving on. And, of course, you defeat the X's, and as you defeat each X, they drop more and more coins, just like in the comic book or in the show. Awesome. Or in the movie. Yeah. And it's really funny, because there's a lot of, like, cliche things, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, in it, you can, there's, you know, the buildings in the background, and you can enter certain storefronts in the first level. The first one you enter is a video store. Where the only thing that you can do is pay off Scott's late fee, which is $504.83. And she tells you, you're not able to rent another movie until you pay off the late fees first. Nice. Yeah. And he, like, in the comic book, this is something that he actively avoids. He is very much a leech character that doesn't make a lot of money. He's waiting for the band to take off, everything like that. Starving indie artist type deal. Right. Then, like, his sister, who, throughout the comic books and the movie, appears in random jobs. She's constantly asking to be lent five dollars. Mm-hmm. So if you run into her sister, his sister in one of these jobs, you can lend her five dollars. Nice. Yeah, just little silly, like, stupid shit like that. Yeah, little naughty fan servicey stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is this is funny. But yeah, you go through, you level up. As you level up, you unlock new moves. So when you first start off at level one, you can hit square to attack. Try- I'm playing it on the PS5, mm-hmm. of course. Square to attack, triangle to do a heavy attack, right? Um, X is to jump and circle is to block. You Your R1 button allows you to use like your reserve power to do a special attack and your L1 can call for reinforcements which there's a scene in the movie where Knives Chow tells him that she loves him and when she says love it comes out and appears in these big white puffy cloud letters right (laughs) yeah and he like coughs and clears his throat and like swipes away that and he's like yeah yeah that's that's cool (laughs) like they're there because at that point in the time like he's become infatuated with ramona and um so like in the game if you hit l1 and you're playing as scott knives kind of like comes in and says love and it's in these big puffy cloud letters and it damages anybody that's in those letters as it dissipates nice so like really stupid shit like that but it's it's not a like a big game. It's not very complicated. It's real easy to play and everything like that. Mm-hmm. 
you got to be into the side scrollers, which I know is one of the big reasons why you weren't really into it because it's it's a 16-bit side-scrolling adventure yeah i mean i liked the movie but i never read the comic books and you know i mean yeah it's just that my love of scott pilgrim pretty much just kind of starts and stops with the movie and i didn't really like i didn't feel a draw to it um and here's i guess a little peek behind the curtains for you guys um this was actually kind of an idea that we were tossing around was like you know you know caleb is playing something i'm not playing and i want to hear about i want to hear about his experience yeah it's really nice when we can have a back and forth about a mutual experience but part of you know part of what this podcast was designed to do was to for for us to talk about stuff that people didn't know and we can do that with each other yeah so that was kind of how this was born and it's the same reason why you know i was playing subnautica below zero because that's what i wanted to Caleb will never play it. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, yeah, like that's, you know, that's part of how we got here. So, you know, yes. Yeah. Like, this didn't draw me in enough to want to play it, but it's fun, you know, to engage with you. Oh, my God, it. dude. Like, it's such a great game, though, too. Like, I it, the some of the features that they added was they did add an online multiplayer. Mm -hmm. So we could play it online together. And it. it like, but part of what I loved was it went back to the classic couch co-op. Like, I miss couch co-op. I really do. Um, that's what I mainly grew up with. N64 being the big system. Mm. GoldenEye, come on. Yeah. Who didn't? Who didn't sit on the couch with three of their other friends and run through fucking GoldenEye together? Yeah. You know, like... Everybody fighting over wanting to be odd job. Yeah. <laughs> lower fucking he was harder to hit he was man. he was smaller he was harder yeah, to hit That's, he was harder to hit yeah but i miss those days mm -hmm. like that is not something that happens now a lot and even though they incorporated the fact that i could play multiplayer with it online i still think this is a game better suited for sitting on the couch with your buddies and because it's it's small it's quick. Like we could play through one level together and then just stop. Yeah. And that one level may take us a half an hour, 45 minutes, but boom, done. And then the next time you're over, we play through level two. Like it saves your progress as long as you beat the level. If you don't beat the level, it don't save shit, which I, part of me is kind of like, that's still even old school right there, you know? Um, because it's kind of set up in the way of like, super mario for the super nintendo mm -hmm. right yeah where you had mario on the map and then you had these little paths and as you defeated each level it grew the path out to the next little dot and then mario traveled and hit the next dot right that's what it kind of looks like just in 16 bit and it's covering the range of toronto fun yeah and so like you can play replay through level one 20 times if you want mm -hmm. to which i have because it's easy to gain a crap ton of money and like you can spend your money on things. So it's not like you're just collecting money to just collect money. You can go into a coffee shop and order a hot chocolate mm -hmm. and that replenishes your health and some of your specialty gauge. You can also decide to take one to go. Mm -hmm. So if it depletes, you can then drink that and it will replenish however much it's supposed to replenish. That's fun. Yeah. And then there are other things like there's a record shop and you can go into it and buy different records and each record updates your stats in a different way. So increases your strength or your defense or your specialty gauge or your speed, right? Those are the four stats that you have mm -hmm. and you just spend money and they upgrade and they're permanent upgrades for them, which you kind of need. Mm -hmm. So it, it's useful to get money right yeah as you go through because like the second one when you fight um lucas lee which is the second evil x he's a skateboarder right who has his own skating line and everything like that right well he has two lackeys that come out and skateboard around and you kind of have to like beat the crap out of them but it's like a double-edged sword because mm -hmm. if you beat the crap out of them they leave their skateboards behind which lucas lee then can pick up and start skateboarding around the screen and run your ass over 50 million times oh, and it's no. like fucking a 
as you're trying to like knock him off of this because it is very much the you know in those old time scrollers like that if if i'm in the middle of the screen if you are a hair below me on the level just a hair mm. below me i cannot hit you yeah they did fix some of that with this one i remember that being a big problem with the ps3 version was like fuck dude he's and then you're trying to make that adjustment but they can hit you you just can't hit them and i'm like Arr! this one they made a little bit better with oh, that nice. not tremendous amounts better but a little bit better right, enough yeah and you you just play through it and it, it at the end of each of these levels you get like this little corny scene so like at the end of the first level you have scott and ramona swinging on a pair of swings and they're kissing and there's a little heart between them and the two members of his band are on those like little rocking horses you know the ones that i'm talking about with the spring on yeah them? they're on there and they just look fucking disgusted <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of the second level it's they're uh, standing around on a movie set and Scott's holding Ramona's hand and, like knives is in the background <laughs> of one shot just fuming. <laughs> it's it's funny little shit like that. Yeah. It's just a fun little game. I think it's like 20 bucks. And if you got nothing better to play, this is definitely a game in which you can kill some time and have a lot of fun with it, I think, personally. But you, you, do, you do have to like the oddball graphics of 16-bit. Like, it's more than 16-bit. I, I honestly, like, 64 or something like that. Because you can tell. But it, it's just done in that style. Yeah. Right? And the artwork of the original comic. So, if you loved the comic book and the way the artwork was done, this game's right for you. Because mm -hmm. that it, it keeps that artwork through and through for everybody. Love it. But, yeah, man, it's it's just a fun little stupid game, man. There's There's not a whole lot to it. Yeah, I was thinking that like like it would be more fun I think if it was, you know, if I was like playing multiplayer. Yeah. You know, my girlfriend and I because I'm trying to expand her horizons and kind of get her into some stuff. Dude, I think this would be a great game for that. Well, and she and I she and I decided we're going to play through the Halo series together. Yeah. And you know, you go you're talking about going back to that couch co-op thing. And yeah, we're having a lot of fun, you know. Every couple of days, she and I hop on the couch. We'll play through a, a couple, you know, two or three levels of Halo together. And, you know, it's it's a, it's a lot of fun, you know, just, yeah, being reminded of, like, being back in the olden days. And this, to me, right, when I look at this of, like, okay, I, you know, do I need to play this for the podcast? I don't really feel like it. But this is, yeah, the kind of thing that you would buy and download. And then, you know, as soon as, you know, <laughs> as soon as we're all allowed to really hang out together again, be, this will be the thing that you pick up or you do it, you know, over the Internet and you guys play together. It, I, I honestly, me personally, I think it would be much better if you're on the couch together. Yes. There's a delay in communication, just like anything else. If you're even playing over over the Internet together and stuff like that. This is definitely one of those that I think it's more fun to try and play together. Mm hmm. On the couch, because then it's just like, oh, look at this stupid thing that I can do. Or, oh, my God, let's go in here. And, and silly shit like that. They have, like, they added three challenge modes mm -hmm. into it that are kind of funny and fun to play. Um, but, like, it's not really, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I think over online, through a distance, I think it would lose some of the magic. Mm-hmm of doing it but no i think this would be a great game for you and your girlfriend to uh to sit on the couch together and play it's it's nothing complicated it's nothing big you can get a little frustrated with it but come on it's whatever <laughs> but like other than that it's it's fucking great <laughs> it's fucking great especially if you love the scott pilgrim storyline oh yeah i bet like it's just funny as hell because it adds in a lot of that comic humor into mm. it as well like when the bosses come out it does the whole little thing of like the boss flashing forward with his like tag picture and a little <laughs> a couple of little details of him right that's fun and like matthew patel's is like gothic first evil ex-boyfriend magical powers mythical <laughs> right yeah and then like um i don't know if you remember in the movie when <laughs> when the vegan scott gives him the coffee oh yeah and, and the vegan police show up the ve vegan police show up yeah. like 
they show up in the game. Awesome. Yeah. And like are hitting him with the anti-vegan rays yeah. and shit. Like it's just so stupid. See, and like saying this out loud, it's just <laughs> I sound ridiculous, but I can't I have the biggest fucking grin on my face because this game is just amazing. <laughs> See, like, you bring up that reference, right? Like, I remember the vegan police because one of them was Thomas Jane. Yep. You know, Thomas Jane, he was um, he was in a Punisher movie. Yeah. Um, you know, you look up Thomas Jane, you'll probably re- recognize, recognize him, him from, from something. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so that reference I would get. The, the sister always asking for five bucks. I don't remember that from the movie. That reference would have gone right over my head. Yeah. You know, um. So and that so again, right? That's part of the fun of this is that it is doing a lot of fun fan servicey stuff by throwing ever, all these winks in there. Yeah. And for people who are not, you know, as deep into it like myself, some of them are gonna go over my head. But I, I wish there was a little bit more dialogue in it. Cause one of my favorite parts mm-hmm. is the fact. So basically, um the vegan, I can't remember his name, Todd Ingram. He's the bassist of Demon Head, I think is the name of the band, that his ex-girlfriend is the pop star for, Eva Adams is the pop star for, right? And he basically uses his telekinetic blast to, like, push Scott through walls. And he ends up busting him through this wall, and Scott's lying amongst all this coffee and, and creams and sugars and everything like that. And he's just lying there on the ground and he's like, coffee? <laughs> Holding these two cups of coffees. And the guy's like, dude, come on. I I know in my mind's eye I can read that you put soy milk you put half and half in that one and soy milk in the other one. And he uses telekinetic powers to pull the other one from his hand and he takes a drink of it. And Scott's like, actually, <laughs> I put soy milk in this one, but I thought really hard in my mind's eye <laughs> that I put soy milk in that one. The guy's like, what, uh, what, what, what do you mean? And that's when the vegan police show up and they're, he's like, wait, wait, th- I, there's gotta be like a three strike rule or something <laughs> like this is my first time ever. And they're like, on this day you did this. And on this day you did this. And he's like, chicken's not vegan. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I wish some of that dialogue was in the game. Yeah. Cause they don't really have that, you know, it's, it's more of an action fighting type style game. So they don't do that dialogue, mm-hmm. but I wish it was cause that shit's funny. Oh yeah. That not- is funny dialogue <laughs> and it's in the comic book. Like if you ever, those of you who are interested in comic books, definitely this is a comic book that you should pick up and read. It's funny as hell. It's got a, a lot of like gamer references in it and stuff like that. And it's, it's fucking great. And to actually see that made into a game, mm-hmm. that's where I was like, well, fuck yeah, I gotta play this. I just, I just have to. And I, I enjoyed it, man. Like I never felt like there was a dull moment in it. Even if I was playing through the same level over and over and over again, it still felt challenging. It still felt difficult. I still felt like I had to be on my toes. Mm -hmm. I could be level on level four or five, right? Level 16, which leveling up's a little bit slower in this game. There's not as many of them. So it takes a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. but still have bought a bunch of shit. My strengths like 103, and I'm still not one-shotting enemies. I can defeat them pretty quickly, mm. but I'm still not one-shotting them. On level one, if I go back and play through level one, it could be a challenge. I could die. That's cool. Like, and I appreciate that yeah. because then it doesn't like, like if I wanted to play Scott and you jumped in and you wanted to play Knives or Ramona, you know, or mm. fucking Wallace, right? Yeah. You could play them, and because I've never played them, they're level one. So we start off at level one, and it would be just as challenging for me as it would be for you. Hmm. Roughly. Like, I would have a little bit easier time because I've got more move sets and stuff like yeah. that. But really, like... The scaling I, is nice. The scaling is very nice in it. And, that, like, that I appreciate because it's like, well, then, yeah... I could jump in as any character and it's going to be the exact same. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. But yeah, if I don't know, it's it's just fucking great. It's just great. Play <laughs> well, through it. It's fun. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. And with that, okay. final thoughts. Play the damn game, people. <laughs>
Onto Subnautica. Okay. Below what? Below below boiling? Below zero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yay. So are you on the same planet? Okay. So this one, um, first of all, have to put a blanket statement out there. It is still in early access, and the story is not fully finished yet. Okay. Um, it is voiced and animated up to like the part that the story is done. So I, so is it like voicing in the first one where you yourself don't necessarily have a voice, but no, like you have the one fucking computer that just doesn't shut the fuck up. No, this one, your character um, is a different character than the first game. Okay. <clears throat> you play a female, you return to 4546 B, which is the planet from the first game. Okay. So it's on the same planet, same planet, different protagonist so it means same creepy ass fucking monsters no new monsters how are there new monsters because now you're in the arctic you're not where the aurora crashed in the first game okay so so different part of the planet yeah it's not like the planet froze over no no no. it's it's like during one of the poles one okay one of the cool things when you beat the first subnautica game when you reach that end state, you actually build a rocket and, and leave the planet to go back home. And as you're leaving the planet, you can see the rest of it and you can see like the Arctic area at the poles. Yeah. So that's where this game takes place. Why would you want to go there? Who wants to go into the snow? Because <clears throat> so your character, Robin, receives a message from your sister who is on 4546B, and she's like, we found a frozen Leviathan, which is one of the frozen big monsters, Yeah. who is infected with the Kara virus, which is the virus from the first game. That you were infected. That you were infected. And then you receive notification that your sister has passed away in an accident. Fucking virus. So you, like, get smuggled onto the planet. And it's it's the same kind of situation is before you know when you boot it up you can do survival which is you have to manage your health hunger thirst oxygen and now your temperature well of course because you're freezing Mm -hmm. um freedom mode which is just like survival but with no hunger and no thirst hardcore just like survival but if you die you can't respawn and your save file is permanently deleted because you know hardcore mode (laughs) hardcore yeah and then the last is obviously creative mode where hunger health thirst oxygen temperature are disabled you have all the crafting blueprints you have no resources you can just craft whatever you want yeah okay so you pick survival that's the story mode so you get smuggled onto the planet and then your job on the planet is to figure out what happened to your sister okay now part of that is you find a computer that has the conscience of one of the alien races that set up you know the planet the, the containment facility the weapon in the first one right yeah um you find the computer that has one of those aliens consciousness in it and you walk up to it and you know he starts talking and he's like oh a new thing here i found a suitable storage device may i transfer my consciousness onto your storage device and your character's like yeah you can transfer yourself onto my pda that's perfectly fine then he transfers and all of a sudden she's like why do you sound like you're in my head? And he goes, because your cerebral cortex is an, has ample space for my consciousness. So this alien is now in your brain. And you say to the alien, hey, what's your name so I know how to address you? And he goes, my name is very long and you can't really pronounce it. So just call me what your designation is. A-L-A-N. <laughs> so you have Alan, the alien, stuck in your head. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) And then the game, you know, it's like Subnautica, right? You are, the map is different though this time. So in the original, you were in a big, vast open water. Yeah. You had a small island to the north, a small island to the south, and the Aurora to the east. This map, the north and most of the western side of the map are actually solid land masses that you spend time on. That's why you have to manage your temperature. There's also a small island in the center of the map. Wait, when you're outside of the water, you have to manage your temperature? Yeah, yeah. when you go into water, your temperature's fine. Because physics. 
you're in a wetsuit. I don't know. What do you want from me? <laughs> Logic. Yeah. No, this is like this game has weather in it. Like if you're on, like, you can be on the land and if it's nighttime and it's a snowstorm, you can't see two feet in front of you. Okay. You know, um, so they incorporated more land stuff. And that's my first gripe because in a game called Subnautica, I would expect to spend more time in the water, right? Yeah. That's what I really liked about the first one is that a lot of your time is spent on the water. Very yeah, that's why I'm surprised that you're in land and that's where you have to manage your temperature. Yes. So when you're on land, you have a, just like how in the water, you have a decreasing oxygen gauge. When you're on land, you have a decreasing temperature gauge. It starts at a hundred and then it just, you know, winds down. If it gets to zero, you freeze and die. There are things that you can do. You can get a cold suit. Eventually you can craft one that just kind of um, like two or three times gives you longer before it, you know, you'll, you'll freeze. Um, there are plants um, there are plants on land that actually have natural heating elements to them. And if you stand next to them, you'll warm up. Oh, there are, Jesus. there are plants you can eat to replenish your heat for reasons. Um, so there are different things that you can do while you're on land to manage that temperature gauge. Honestly, what I did, I just used the prawn suit and I don't remember if you got a prawn suit on your playthrough. If you ever got that far, I might've, I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I'll be honest. It was one of those. I played it. I went, Oh, this is cool. But yep. Data dump. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get it. Um, you also get a, you get a hover bike. Cause since you do spend time on land, you can get on a hover bike and, you know, to help you traverse more quickly. But you know, the other new stuff that they added, they added like a couple of new tools and weapons or not weapons. Um, buildings so like right now there's like a so you remember the scanner room in the yeah. first one yeah, yeah yeah now you can make a like a handheld version of that it doesn't have nearly the the same range but you can cycle it to say i'm looking for quartz and then there'll be a little display that will you know when you're in the vicinity oh, of the quartz cool. that's kind of cool yeah so it gives you a handheld one that's pretty cool um, there's a new room called like, um, like a, like a, uh, like a large central room or a large main room. And basically it's more of like of a, um, like a rectangle instead of the circles. Okay. But they also give you things like you can put partitions up in that and you can like build rooms inside this big room Cool. kind of thing. Yeah. So they added, they added that. That was pretty cool. Um, no more sea moth. Right. The sea moth was like the small submersible that you eventually build. Cause first, yeah. you, first you get the, um, the sea glide, which is like the little handheld yeah, device. Yeah. yeah. That's still there. The next one you get is the sea moth and then you get the cyclops, the submarine. Yeah. In this one, they did something I thought was kind of cool. They implemented what they call the sea truck. The sea truck is it's one cab, right? Okay. But then you can build modules for it. So one module is a sleeper car basically and that comes with a bed a jukebox and a place to put a picture you can get the aquarium attachment which will collect fish as you go by then you can get one that has a fabricator in it then you can get one that has a storage module then you can get one so it's basically a trance it's, it's like an underwater a, train a mobile yeah mobile train type yeah. deal it's a, it's a mobile care center because one of the things with the first one it, you couldn't travel really too far away from your like central hub, which caused you to build central hubs kind of everywhere. You, you could, but like it's the reason it's not recommended is because yes, like you don't want to have to necessarily do a ton of traveling, you know? So yeah, it does behoove this, you. This to, cuts down on all of that. Absolutely. You're traveling with it. Yeah. I mean, it pretty much had the only thing I don't like about it is you can't build in it now to give you some perspective on what i mean by that when you build the cyclops submarine in the first one yeah there's like where the bridge is and then where the like the docking bay section is and then where the engine bay is yeah there's a small little section kind of in between yeah the bridge and the docking bay in that section you can build stuff so you can build um, you know, a cabinet, you can build a fabricator, you can build a radio, you can put down um, like an indoor grow bed and grow plants. So your sub turns into a mobile base at some point. It's got onboard storage. Yeah. It doesn't go very fast, but everything is powered from the sub. So, you know, if you do what I do, 
you put an upgrade that gives it that lets the sub recharge its battery with thermal energy. Yeah. You have an a, an unlimited moving base basically. Yeah. The sea truck never really gets to that point. Yeah. Because while it grabs fish, it doesn't do anything for water. So if you're not collecting the right kind of fish. Fish to get water or you know you're, you 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 cause since you can't grow crops on the sea truck, you can't. Now and they may change that. But that was like the one thing about the sea truck I didn't like was that I couldn't I couldn't build in it to yeah. really turn it into a really good alternative to having a central base and then turning that into a mobile one. It worked. Maybe that's the point is to not have it that way. And I think that's part of why they also did more land because it was more like we're not expecting you to build a base and then use that base and little satellite bases outposts in like, like in the first one, Yeah. this was you build a base until you get your sea truck to a point where that's pretty much the thing that you'll take around and do everything else. Okay. You know, um, but as you go through the story, right, you meet Alan, you follow in your sister's footsteps and you find the base where they were all stationed. You know, you find the excavation site where the monster was. And basically you learn that your si- monster still there. It's still there. It's frozen solid. It's dead, yeah. but it's yeah. there. It's not very is scary. It, is it something old or something new? Oh, uh, no. Like it, a new monster or it's, something? Oh, yeah. It's new. Yeah. Okay. I had never seen anything like it before. It, it did not look like anything in the first game, and it looks like nothing else in this one. Okay. Um, oh. So a lot of the new monsters, and you'll have to forgive me because I didn't really commit their names i've I, I mean i played through this once i played the other subnautica like seven or eight times okay yeah um so there's like a couple of similar ones like the small fish like the peepers but now they're called arctic peepers Ooh, yeah you know you creative get the, yeah you get the bladder fish which is the fish that you use to turn into water that's still the same so some of the smaller ones are similar but the bigger ones they have these really cool um large uh, like lobster looking things called rock punchers. Okay. And if you get too close to them, they fucking punch you and it hurts. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of like small, you know, there's one that looks like this weird, like crocodile bird monstrosity. Oh, you know what? Actually, it's more like a platypus. <laughs> and I know. That... <laughs> Cause hold on. Okay. Crocodile bird think more like a platypus. Well, here's why, right? It looks scaly like a crocodile. Okay. But it has webbed appendages. Okay. And it has like a like a hooked beak. Okay. So but it also has kind of a flat tail. So it's like this weird hybrid looking okay. thing. Okay. It, it's the platypus. Yeah. Um, so that's new. Uh, another new one is called the squid shark. So basically it looks like a great white. Oh, that sh- must be your your best friend. Uh well, hold on. It was actually okay because it looks like a great white shark. Uh-huh. It has two tentacles coming off the back and then it has two others that are blue that come off its That'll that that also come off the back. The blue okay. ones will electrify you. It's the mouth. The mouth of it opens up like a like like a squid. So it wasn't too bad for me. I thought the thing that you hated about squids was the tentacles. No. Well, no. What I hate is that giant squids could eat me in one bite. This thing does can't eat you in one bite. Because if it does grab you, you just kind of kick it and it damages you and it goes away. This is not like... Uh, so I'm guessing you still don't have weapons. No. There's still no weapons. I know. You're not, that's another reason Caleb's not going to play it. Yes. <laughs> um, Give me my harpoon. Yeah, right um it's it's not like stranded which is another survival game that actually has a giant squid as a boss oh and i was so excited to play that because that one is like you're in like an archipelago you know you land you 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 crash you swim to an island but there's a bunch of islands kind of near you yeah and i was really looking forward to playing that that sounded like a lot of fun because what happened to it they implemented a giant squid boss now i can't play it why not Cause I can't get to that point. <laughs> yes, you can overcome no. your fears and be a man. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but in this one, I say this knowing farewell, anything with a clown yeah. and I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> um, the big monster in this one, it's not nearly as scary or it's nothing like the Joker Jackal. It's nothing like the Reaper in that one. Fucking in the first Joker one. Jackal. No, as a, as a matter of fact, like it basically it, it to me, it felt so timid 
that there was actually a point where there's one kind of circling this crater and at the center of the crater, there's like a little hole that leads to a kind of a cave Uh huh. and you have to go down there. I just was like, whatever, I'm going in. The thing grabbed me. I'm like, oh, it's so scary. Let go of me. And I just kept going. Like I had no reaction to this thing because it's it's not as wow. scary as the the, the reaper. reaper leviathan fucking reaper dude yeah that thing oh god no they uh, they knocked it out of the park with that one they did they did i like that's where i was kind of like you gotta come you gotta come back with something strong yeah and so that was a little they also have uh, one of the cute ones is they now have pang panglings okay um for for anyone who knows about kind of the the comical way that uh benedict cumberbatch uh, was doing a documentary about penguins and he kind of didn't know how to say penguin for a while. Um, I think they kind of leaned into that to, I'm not saying they did. I'm just saying that's kind of what I'm thinking. Cause they call them penguins. Um, so those are kind of cool. They're cute new herbivores that don't mess with you. Um, they get mad if you pick up their babies though. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you go on land and there's a bunch of them and you know, there's like a couple of older ones and some babies, if you pick up a baby, they're not happy about it. They'll attack you. Um, they that's also funny. have, this thing called like a snow stalker, which is like a, they call it like a, like a bear, like dog hybrid kind of thing. If okay. I remember. Um, and basically it's, it just looks like a, you know, some, it's, it's a four legged fur covered creature, you know? Um, I would say somewhere more along the lines of like a, like a Arctic wolf or something like that. Okay. Um, so that's a new monster. Well, I'm guessing they had to have some land-based fucking creatures. Because the only thing that I remember land-based in the other one are those, like, four-legged... The crab things. Crab the things. Cave, yeah. Yeah. The cave crawlers. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Like, nothing... Um, there's also these, like, tentacle or electrifying jellyfish in some areas. But again, like, the monsters were kind of subpar. The story... You know, you're doing this thing, right, where you're going around and you're looking for your sister and you're trying to find out what happened. I'm a little upset because the entire time I thought it was leading up to be like a, a, a you know, a, a corporate conspiracy and it was going to be a cover up. And they they offed your sister because she was trying to cure the monster instead of collect the virus and, you know, turn it into a weapon like most sci fi alien movies do. Right. Yeah. I mean, how many alien movies are we going to have to watch? where the the corporation's plan is to take the alien that they can't control and turn it into a weapon and then it goes bad and then the next movie they try it again hmm. so i was expecting that no it, it was like an accident like there just was a cave in where she was standing oh that's lame yeah i was like that's especially kinda... if you're using that as the plot device to bring your character there that's yeah. kind of lame you know alan is fun you know the the interaction that you have with him there's some fun back and forth dialogue um you know because he's like oh well our race you know there's not really an individual we all kind of have a like a hive mind and we all kind of know what everybody else is is doing and we're all working towards the same goal so there's some cool humanitarian stuff about you know him trying to understand what your what your character is going through so that was kind of neat um like I said, the new stuff that they added, that was also pretty cool. But I'll tell you, I don't like the way the map is set up. And that's the other thing is they actually give you maps this time. You know, they, there oh. was there was no map in the first one. Yeah, you, no, that was part of my problem was that there was no map. I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't really feel like I which I guess kind of makes sense. Like we discussed it back then during our Subnautica podcast. It kind of made sense. But once I explored an area, I think there should be a fucking map of it. Yeah. Like, especially I've got modern technology that can fucking like make these magical items from this little device. You can't tell me that it can't fucking give me a map. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> but yeah. So, so that was another aspect that I like. So because but it's still in work though. That's the thing. Yes. And so maybe it'll change. You know, I got as far in the story as you, um, you, your sister hid the cure. I went and found that I cured the monster. Alan was like, cool. Now help me build a new body. And you go around and you find components to build him a body. And then you do. Okay. And then Alan transfers out of you and into the new body, which that was really cool. Like seeing what the body of what these aliens look like really fucking cool 
Yeah. Basically, they're like purple and black um, centaurs. Okay. So it's they're they're they they have four legs, a nice big body, and then a torso coming up. Uh-huh. And so they walk on four legs, but then they have like he has like, two big arms, and then this really cool. Um, I don't remember what the name of it was, but the the um the thing in Thor that he fights at the end that has the face mask that opens up and shoots the beam out. Do you remember that? In the original Thor. I don't remember what they called it in that. But his face is kind of like that. It's very like angular shaped. So that was really cool. And then he says, go to this, go to this art, this building and go to this room and and I'll meet you there. Well, I got there and he's not there. So I'm pretty sure that's like, that's as far as they had gotten in the story. Okay. And I'm guessing. So they're still building out that. Yeah. So it looks. It's still kind of lame that your sister dies from Caven. Yes. I mean, unless I miss something, because, you know, I mean, in these games, right, to really understand what's going on, you have to listen to the data logs, you have to read all the stuff that you scan. And yeah, like I was really disappointed that it because the whole time I was like, oh, man, Altera is doing bad stuff. They're a bad corporation. I knew it. And they had her off because she was going to try to cure the virus and not weaponize it. And oh, wait, no, it was just an accident, you know. Um, so that was that was pretty bummy. <laughs> um I know it's early access. I was about to say, you're starting to judge a book by its cover. There's yeah. still a lot more to come here. Yeah. I maybe they'll change that big enemy too. That uh, or maybe that's not the, the biggest big enemy. One. Yeah. Like, come on, it's hard for me to think like what is it called? They came up with that fucking Reaper, mm-hmm. right? And then you're just gonna move away from that. Like everything that I saw on Subnautica. That enemy fucking haunted people's dreams. Oh, yeah. Like, and then you're going to go fucking lightweight on the second one. No, bring something just as hardcore to the party. Mm -hmm. This is what the quote unquote big bad monster looks like. Okay. Not nearly as terrifying as the Reaper, right? No, not not really. And I mean, and it does the same thing. It grabs you. And when it grabs you from an angle, it twists you around so you can see in its mouth and it yells and it's, and it roars, but it's not as scary because I, I think because with the Reaper, it grabbed you and it still was like, you were looking at the face, right? This thing's face is behind the mouth. Yeah. You know? So I think that's why it's not nearly as scary. I don't know. This could be scary for some. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, that thing has a all... big enough mouth that it could eat you in one bite. Oh, yeah. No, trust me. I mean, I wouldn't... If this was real, I wouldn't want to go swimming. But as, as far as the game goes, like, it it never really... It never really scared me when Fair I saw enough. one. Unlike... Because I'll be honest, I was playing Subnautica last night, and I went into an area, and I heard the Reaper roar, and I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't need to be here that badly. He roars? Oh, yeah, you can. So the lore is that the Reaper Leviathan actually uses echolocation. So if you listen, you can hear it, which tells you that A, one is nearby and B, it can see you and it will start moving towards you if you can hear it. So like, no, (laughs) no, no, I'm out. No. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty gnarly. Um, But yeah, like I said, it just it didn't have the same creepy factor because you're talking well, the, to so an the alien. reason why sorry no no it's go right. ahead well, no oh i was just gonna say um you know so it, it doesn't really have the creepy factor because you're not alone you have alan in your head talking the entire time it's not as daunting because you have both underwater and above ground and you're kind of equally in both mm-hmm. so you never really get that sense of i'm in the water and i don't know what's around me and i don't know where the and where the the where the danger is going to come from because you're on land, you could just be like, well, on land, only one thing is going to bother me. And as long as I'm not anywhere near that, I'll be fine. You know, like there's not that jumps. So I just wasn't as scared. I feel like they they wanted to do more story, which I applaud. Yeah. The problem is, is that I think the story as it's written so far could be a little tweaked. But that's just my opinion. So I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Uh, so uh, the only thing that I had, like I was going to ask. So you said this frozen creature, the, mm-hmm. the, this frozen Leviathan. Uh-huh. Um, It's long dead. You haven't seen anything else like it, but it's got this, the virus. Right. Why haven't you seen anything else? Why, why haven't you seen another one? 
Mm, I'm guessing because it ex- it went extinct. Like they like I I don't know. Well, like so here's my thing. In the first one, mm-hmm. you get infected with this virus, right? You have to cure yourself of the virus, right? Right. Before you can leave the planet. Correct. So the virus still exists. Right. They go to this planet knowing this virus still exists. Right. And then they find a Leviathan with this virus. Why is that uncommon? It seemed like all the creatures had this virus. It's because the creature was frozen and the virus is a different strain. Probably a purer form of it. Yeah, I'm guessing. Okay, we'll go with that. All right. Like, my, I, I, I guess I just, I knowing that they're still under development, mm-hmm. the storyline isn't completed yet. It sounds like all the areas haven't been built out yet. They, well, no. I mean, it, it, like, I didn't see any, like, the map is done. I mean, unless they add to it and then change that stuff, maybe. They could. They could. You, if you're in early access, I wouldn't necessarily give you everything. I would give you enough t- so that you could break it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and then fix the brakes, yeah, and then give you the full big thing. So like, I I I, I don't know. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it just doesn't it doesn't feel as much as what the first one was. It, no, and I agree, and I know and, that, and that's where I have a hard time with it. And I think, and I don't know if it's because it's early access or if because they wanted to focus more on story because there's no real story to the first one. I mean, sure there is. You go on this creepy ass planet, you get eaten by fish. Yeah. (laughs) I will say, though, you do learn that Alan is the reason for the outbreak because the bacteria is actually from a different planet. It's from his planet. So Alan's not even a a species that lived that was from this planet. No, you learn that on his planet, there was a there was a, a a contaminant outbreak. Okay, he took that went to 4546B, wanted to study it, found that a creature on the planet, the Sea Emperor Leviathan, had a natural immunity to it. He captures he captures one in a containment facility and tries to study it so he can cure the virus. Well, he, they didn't build it strong enough. The, 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 the emperor breaks the facility, causing the lockdown. The virus gets out into the population quarantine goes into effect the gun is activated everybody else on the planet dies alan uploads his consciousness into the computer then the degassi crew come they crash land on it and then a couple years later you come by and you crash land and that's the first game so how did okay i okay so guns active yes why didn't the gun blow you out of the sky like it did the other ship that tried to come and rescue you because the the gun has already been deactivated by the player character from the first game which is why altera sent another ship i'm talking about in the first game when your fucking ship crashes why Mm -hmm. didn't the gun shoot it out of the sky before it even hit the planet well it shoots it theoretically supposed to blow it up but you know. Is that is that why you crashed? Yeah. So in the first game, you you the I guess that's what I misunderstood. Yeah. I thought something happened on the ship no. and you just ended up crashing. No, the, the gun, gun shoots, shoots you. The gun shoots the Aurora, and oh, that's why you crash, and okay. that's why the first game happens. Okay. So so I think so gameplay wise, right? They added some stuff that's really cool. There's some stuff I don't like about it, right? I don't like the island in the center because it really causes kind of a just a headache of getting around, right? Like if you set up base, you know, in the northeast section and you want to go to the southwest section, you have to go around the island. It's not huge, but it's kind of annoying. Okay. You know, um, I don't like that there's so much land, but they in a game that's called Subnautica. In a game called Subnautica. Yeah. But because they lean so much more into the story, I got a better experience because the story's really good. And it flushes more things out. Yeah. And it builds on the overarching story of the first okay. one and puts a really cool timeline together. Yeah. But again, it's early access. I'm not holding it against them. So um, when is this thing slated to be like full release? Oh, who the hell knows? <laughs> okay. It's one of them. Yeah. It's one of them. Fortnite six years later. Yeah. I mean, still in beta. I'm just guessing. Yeah, exactly. I'm just guessing that it's going to be like, I mean, you know, because I remember hearing about this game last year, the year before, I mm-hmm. think somewhere along that lines. And I, I heard of Subnautica. It was not, as I said, not one of those games 
that really caught my interest. I will say when I played Subnautica, I had fun. I enjoyed it. It was it was a fun game. It 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 definitely piqued my interest in everything for that that thirst for a survival game. Mm-hmm. I would play Subnautica. I would. I don't have that thirst very often, but yeah. if it ever came, definitely. Um this one it sounds like yeah, if if they could flush it out a little bit, I actually might give it a try. Yeah, it's um and I, and I, I would agree. I would agree that, you know, it is very good for people who want to play a nice story driven survival game and you don't want to do like the seven days to die, you know, or I, uh, sorry. No, no. What's up? I got to say, I, I came across as looking through some of these vi- Leviathans. I came across this picture. It looks like the head of a dragon. Um, sharp ass fangs sticking from it. Huge in a cave with horns and like i'm looking at that compared to this this leviathan creature that you're saying is the big bad in Mm -hmm. it and going if that thing came out me compared to the thing that you told me i'd be more fucking terrified now this thing is granted dead it looks like just the skull of this this dragon creature because literally it's got like huge front top and bottom fangs rows of teeth Looks like three eye sockets and two horns coming off the top of its head. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that thing? No, that's that's just a skull in the the area is called the Lost River. Um, that's just a skull of an ancient creature. That's not actually a real um, thing that you have to fight. See, why would you put something like that in it and, and then give me this little piece of shit foremouth thing? Yeah. Like, that's cool. I know. That's cool. That I would love to like. If that thing came at me. Oh yeah. If that thing were to be woken from the depths, mm-hmm. right during your adventure, because you said the storyline's not fully flushed out, and then yeah. that thing came, fuck, I shit my pants. Yeah, no, that unfortunately is just a skull in the first game. There's nothing like that. Um, okay. Yeah, no. This so the sea dragon is like the big bad thing in the original Subnautica, but there's only two of them, and you only really f- see them at like end game. The Reaper is more scary because there's like 12 of them and they're everywhere (laughs) when you first start playing. Yeah. You know, go to the rear of the fucking ship. (laughs) Don't believe me. Go to the rear of the fucking ship. Just chill out there. Yeah. And he'll come and nibble on your tidbits. Yeah, He'll find you. Oh, man, that was gosh, because I restarted. I told you I restarted my playthrough um, or I just I guess I did another playthrough and I was playing last night and yep, sure enough, I like I was swimming around. And I was like, I know that I'm getting kind of to an area that I don't want to be in. And I came up to the surface to get my bearings, saw the back of the ship, lowered back down. And I was like, oh, okay. Heard the Reaper roar and went, yep, I'm out of here. And turned around and <laughs> got out of there. <laughs> Not fun, Kimosabe. Not fun. But all right. So. So, yeah. So. Would I, you would you recommend it right now or early? early access honestly right now the game actually was functional it worked really well it was a lot of fun to play i just didn't like it as much as the first but if you played the first one and you like it seriously pick this one up i mean the story again isn't complete so you know at least for more me to develop yeah like there's going to be more coming to it but even right now and it's in its current stage at time of recording it was actually still really fun to play so and can you beat the game no no, because no, the story because the story is not complete. I okay. think what's going to happen, and this is just my prediction based on everything that's going on, you're going to get to that room. Alan is going to show up and he's going to like teleport you back home or give you something to let you leave the planet. Because technically right now you are stranded on this planet. Yeah, because when you're sneaking in at the beginning of the game, you're coming in under the concealment of a meteor shower. And as you're coming in, the, the one of the meteors hits your ship and causes you to crash. And the ship that brought you there has left. Yeah. So you're on there, but you're down there by yourself. Yeah. So my guess is that you're going to go to the room and Alan is going to somehow get you home. That's my guess. Okay. Um, but well, it I is, hope it's more interesting than that. Well, or something like that. I mean, I would be fine with it if I show up there and he's like, here's a, here's a teleporter. And we built a gate on this planet that you call Earth. I'll send you back home or something like that. Yeah, You know, I'd be fine with that because really the, for me, it was the journey of connecting both games and then also getting the, the preamble, you know, learning about how the virus got to the planet, learning about what transpired during the original Subnautica game. And then my story experience 
in this one. In this one, that was all really good. I yeah. just wish there was a little more tightening of this one. But that doesn't make it bad. That may happen. Yeah. That's and the thing. Happen. That's what I'm, I'm trying to push is mm. like what we're saying right now yeah. may not necessarily be the end all be all of this this game because yeah. it's still in early access. And there are a lot of changes. I played some games in early access that when they finally fully released the game, it was night and day. Yeah. bro. Storyline change, mm -hmm. let alone a bunch of shit in it. So who knows? Yeah. Like. That sounds good. I, I I don't know. You got anything else? No, I mean that's that's it. I like I said, yeah, for that. So um don't forget, hit us up on Facebook, Game On presented by No Tokens Required. Um, hit us up on Podbean. Um, you can leave us a comment. We are active and on there. We'll engage with you guys. Um, but I guess that'll be it. So I'm Chris. I'm Caleb. And until next time, game on. Thanks for listening to Game On, presented by No Tokens Required. The opinions expressed in this discussion are those of the hosts and may not reflect the opinion of No Tokens Required. No Tokens Required is not affiliated with the electronic entertainment discussed in this podcast. The properties mentioned in this podcast are the intellectual properties of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Game On is an exclusive podcast that No Tokens Required created in 2020. No part of this podcast may be used in any way without written authorization from the tokens required.